Welcome to the Deepers Creepers podcast, where we like to get high and talk about horror movies. I'm Casey. And I'm Jess. And today we're going to be talking about the 2009 movie, The Orphan. You know, my parents are dead. Does that make me an orphan too? (laughs) Oh my god, no. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Wow. Okay, so that's, uh, <laughs> I was, uh, sorry, I just was like, mm, ah, I took a real crisp drink of a White Claw, spicy. Spicy. <laughs> so, welcome s- to our mini episode. Yes, welcome to our first bonus episode. Uh, I'm still laughing at Jess's intro, because that, that got me, man. Guys, I'm sorry, my parents are really dead. If you're uncomfortable, that's your fault. <laughs> my yeah. parents are dead, I should be uncomfortable. She's the one with the dead parents. Anyways, Casey. <laughs> So anyway, yep, we are talking about Orphan, uh, which I'm sure a lot of people know. It's not talked about as much anymore, but when it came out, I feel like it was so big because everybody was like, what the fuck is this batshit crazy movie? And I agree. Um, uh, Directed by Wam Colette Sarah. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. He also did The Shallows, which was the Blake Lively thriller action shark movie. Oh my god, that movie was stressful. And he also did The House of Wax remake. Oh, I love that movie. Love that movie. Paris Hilton. She's so hot. Jared Padalecki's in that too. Yes. Um, Chad Michael Murray. Yes. Oh my god, such a good movie. Great cast. Um, And it was written by David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick. That's a long name. He wrote the second and third Conjuring movies. He did a lot of episodes on The Walking Dead. And he also did the Red Riding Hood, um, like, thriller kind of scary movie with um, Amanda Seyfried. Sorry, I had a hot dog burp. That was gross. Did you see that movie, <laughs> Red Riding Hood, the Amanda Seyfried? No. It's really good. Oh, well, it's pretty good. I thought it was okay. entertaining. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to watch it. It's not, I mean, it's not like, you know, American Werewolf in London wolf movie but it's it's a good wolf movie have you seen uh hansel and gretel the the witch hunters one yes it's so fucking yes. good but then there's like a newer one that's a horror movie called gretel and hansel oh and i don't know what it's about but anyway Anyways. That's, that's dumb so a uh, couple actors i want to shout out just because their performances are so amazing obviously vera farmiga is incredible we oh, all love her stan stan um, she plays kate in the movie she's the mom peter sarsgaard even though his character john in this movie sucks big ones I love, love, love Peter Sarsgaard. I think he is so sexy. I don't even care. I love him. He was in the new Batman, and I thought he did so great. Have you seen the Batman? I haven't. It's really good. It's three hours long, though, so. My attention span is, like, three minutes long. Yeah, I so know. So we all know, work up. I'll work up to that. Yep, well, we all know. So, <laughs> uh... One of the uh, things that I really like about this film that it opens with is, and I, I know a lot of people think these are cheesy and stupid, but I like when they change the logo, like the um, the industry logo or like the uh, film production, um, like the WB logo in this one is changed and it's got like that UV paint stuff on it yeah. that comes back later. I love when they do that for yeah. movies, like in the Matrix and stuff like that. Some people think it's cheesy, corny. I think it's cool. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, one thing I'll say is this movie would not be what it is without Vera Farmiga's performance. Oh my god, she broke my heart. She felt so helpless. She felt 
guilty. I truly, truly love her as an actress. And this is one of my favorite roles of hers. Absolutely. I love the Conjuring movies with her. I love everything she's ever been in. But I feel, I really feel like this movie could easily have been just another B movie that came and went and didn't mean anything. And I feel like not only her performance, but also Esther, who is played by Isabel Furman. Oh my god. The thing is, in, so in this new movie, part of the reason we're covering this is because Orphan First Kill is coming out. We're very excited for it. Everyone's been talking about it. This has been such a long-awaited movie. I feel like they've been talking about making this for, I mean, since this one came out. Yeah. And uh, so many years later, and we're finally yes. going to get it. And Isabel Furman is obviously an adult now, and they're still having her play a child, and I really... Uh, apparently they use no CG de-aging effects in the new movie, which I'm really excited wow. about. It's all makeup. Um, but in this one, she's a child. A she child. is an actual child, and she just commands the screen. She's I, terrifying. Seriously, she has this such adult portrayal that by the end, I'm like, yeah, no, that's the spirit of a 33-year-old. Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> but she's actually just a little girl. Um I like all the signing in the movie. I think it's cool to have um, a deaf character. I don't know how accurate the signing is. I I don't know sign language, so I can't speak on that part. Um, The representation is important. Yes, absolutely. Um, The first thing I thought of, and even when I first watched this and when I went back to it this time, is her ribbons remind me of that uh, short story. Did you ever (gasps) read when you were a kid? Yes. The girl in the green ribbon. Yes. And she wore it on her wedding day, and then one day he finally took it off, and it had fell off. Was that in Scary Stories Tell in the Dark? It may have been. Or one of those kinds yeah. of books. Where I love that. Yes. That Goosebumps is what got me into horror. Ugh, me too. Kid. Yes. Um, the mother-in-law sucks in this movie. She's uh, a, a judgmental bitch. A bitch. Your yeah. son, spoiler, fuck somebody else, lady. Yeah. And then kept it secret for eight years. Eight and then is like on that purpose. Was, that was ten years ago. Um, it doesn't really matter because you still fucked somebody else. And told me two years ago. And then compares it to her alcohol addiction because one of the other. So one of the things about this movie is it does have it. Um, and it kind of brushes over them, but it deals with a lot of very sensitive and important subjects: addiction, yeah. miscarriage, loss, trauma. Um disability, you know, with yeah. a with a, a deaf child, it mistreatment of children, adoption. These are all very serious, sensitive subjects. And some of them I think it does pretty well with. But one of the things is he compares him cheating to her alcohol addiction because some accident happened where one of the kids almost died because she was drunk. I'm sorry, those aren't the same. No. Alcohol addiction is a disease. This that's it's not the same as going out and fucking somebody else right not the same bro no not even close so yeah so he sucks yeah he does suck i think peter sarsgaard plays that gross guy very well i think an important thing that i picked up on is from the very beginning um the little boy danny is not comfortable with this little girl and at first it seems like he's bullying he's making fun of her because his friends were and he thought it was cool but then he realizes no there's actually something wrong with this little girl Mm -hmm. there's something wrong with her and you know he gets gaslit and Vera Farmiga gets gaslit the entire time yeah and like you'd think as a family they would discuss with their children about adopting a sibling because like yeah I get it that they're you know trying to have the adopt a kid so they can give the love 
that they had to their kid they lost, but maybe also talk to your current children about it because they're humans and they deserve, I mean, to be in on the decision a little bit. If he's that uncomfortable with it, why would you bring another child in? It's going to make it worse on your biological child and your adopted child. Absolutely. Um, A lot of the daytime scenes have this, like, almost fuzz to them that makes everything look kind of ethereal and dreamy, especially in the daylight. And I really like that. I The whole movie's kind of shot that way, and I'm sure it was, you know, some kind of direct, directorial choice of sorts. Uh, but I really like it, and it kind of just makes Vera Farmiga look even more beautiful than she is, because she is she angelic. Is. She is. But yeah, and then just the entire movie is um, Esther doing all these off-the-wall things that are playing on the terrors of everyone around her, basically. And she, I think, knows that there was an accident on the frozen ice. And so she's pulling Max on the frozen ice to get a rise out of the mother. Well, and later we see that Esther did steal Vera Farmiga's Kate's uh, diary. So she read about the accident. So she Yes, yes, yep. yep. I totally mm-hmm. forgot about that. Yep, it, that does happen. I forgot about it, too. And that's how she knows all the deepest fears and pains. Everything she can do to manipulate Kate in the worst way possible. And because she's trying to break Kate down, the whole point of the movie and is, you know, Esther, and I'm sure a lot of you listening have watched this before, but the entire movie is Esther is adopted as like a nine-year-old girl, but it turns out she's actually a mental patient who has a proportion proportional dwarfism so she just looks like a little girl but she's like 32 years old and she is trying to break down this family kill the mom and marry the dad which she has done to a previous family and it didn't work so she burned the house down and um i guess we should just say now this is kind of based on a true story um where a a real adult woman did pose as a child and get adopted I don't know a lot of details on the real story. Um, This is kind of a shorter bonus episode for us. Um, Neither of us have researched it much, but here in a few weeks we're going to cover Orphan First Kill. Um, And when we do, we'll have a lot more information on that backstory. And I just, I don't want to speak on anything that I don't have actual facts on. Absolutely. And I haven't had the time to research. So um, feel free to research that. (laughs) Feel free to research that and reach out to us with any info or any cool facts about it you may have. Um, but anyway, so that's, that's like the whole movie and that's a creepy fucked up topic for a movie. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Um, one thing. This child's fucked up. Oh yeah. And like we said, Isabel Furman just does such a good job. Oh my God. So eerie. I, uh, I really like that the family all uses sign to talk to each other, even when they're not talking to Max. Yeah. And the youngest daughter Max is the, um, the deaf one. And then the little kid, you say his name is Danny? Danny. Yeah, he's he's a little shit, but what little 12-year-old kid isn't? Right. Um, oh, I think the first major scene for me that's like a huge red flag on top of the small red flags is when she smashes the fucking pigeon. Because Danny yes. shot it with a paintball. And she's like, put it out of its misery. And he's like, no! And she's like, okay, smash, smash! Smash. Yes, it's obvious that she is way too willing to, but also, I mean, the poor thing was in pain. He kind of pulled a Bart Simpson because he shot it, and then he, he was totally like, I feel did. Bad. But still, it didn't. She to be put out of its had no empathy. Oh no, 
No remorse. No. You could see the nothingness. Oh, she was excited. Uh, a gaslighting is a huge part of this movie. I wrote um, that down so many times. Yes, underlined. Peter Sarsgaard is, um, he refuses to believe anything is wrong with Esther. No matter what happens, he blames everything on Kate. Um, he's just a really shitty husband. The only time I even see him be anything other than mean to her is when he's trying to fuck her. 100%. Like in the kitchen. Also, maybe don't in fuck the in the kitchen. Banging in the kitchen with kids. Ballsy. I wrote that down. That's fucked up. That's weird. And, like, they both get, like, totally naked to do it. Like, if you're going to do it, just put your pants on. And they the thing discreet. is, they, like, mess around in the kitchen for so long. It's like, you could have walked to your bedroom in that time and just had sex. Yeah, it's like he kind of, like, has a weird, like, want to get caught kink. Yeah. I mean, he's a douchebag and he, like, was flirting with that... One little girl's mom. Yeah. And, and Esther I, sold his ass out. Yes. Esther, you're my bitch for that and that only, but you're a real one for that. She did say, <laughs> she did tell her mom, daddy was flirting with somebody. He um, was looking at her tits. Yeah, well. I saw it. I was too. <laughs> um, there's one scene that really, um, like, broke my heart a little is when uh, she, it's about three quarters of the way through the movie, Vera Farmiga is feeling very down and alone and she ends up at the liquor store, and she buys those bottles of wine. And when she's buying them, she literally says to the cashier, she says, I'm having guests for dinner. As if buying two bottles of wine isn't just a thing normal people do. That's how bad she feels. That's how guilty she feels that she has to explain to this person that doesn't care, oh, I'm, I'm just having guests for dinner, because she's trying to even lie to herself. Yeah. And, of course, she doesn't drink, and that's awesome. Fuck yeah. You know, more support to every sober person out there. Absolutely. But, um, and then of course he doesn't fucking believe her because why would he? And I hate him and I hate the psychiatrist. She's a terrible psychiatrist. How does she not see through this little girl's ruses? Like you'd think that you would be able to see the obvious fakeness of this little girl and this psychiatrist. Like there is nothing wrong with your child. You're just a crazy bitch. You're the a bad psychiatrist. Mom. Fucking sucks. Oh, uh, everyone in the movie. This is one of those movies where I'm like, I kind of hate everyone. I didn't hate the nun. The nun was cool. She, like, runs the adoption center. She um, was so sweet. She was. I hate that. I think that is that CCH founder? I think that's who plays that. I can't remember. But, yeah, there's a really fucked up scene where Esther kills the nun, too. I, I'm just wondering how Esther expects to get away with any of this in the end. You know they're gonna. There's so much. You've left so much evidence behind. Yeah, but I mean, like burning shit down is pretty smart. Yeah, at the end she does burn it down. That's true. You're very right. And like she did with like the last house, mm -hmm. which I'm hoping we'll, we'll get to see kind of some of the because yeah. it's a prequel, right? The new yes. ones. Mm -hmm. So we'll get to see some of the earlier earlier families and yeah. Well, because she probably died at the end of this one. Yeah, probably what. Uh, oh yeah, the death scene's really cool. Oh, it's hilarious. It's very uh, the ring to. Not fucking mommy. Oh my god. Iconic. So I good. love a bad bitch. Female kick ass fucking kill in the end of a movie. Mm -hmm. It is so good. One that will have you standing up and applauding, be like, yes, bitch, you did that. You know another thing that pissed me off about the mother-in-law? So she's like obviously the grandma <sighs> of the kids. When they're so at some point in the movie, the little boy finds out, Danny finds out that Esther 
killed the nun and hid the evidence in his treehouse. So he goes to retrieve the evidence so that, you know, he'll have proof that Esther's crazy. Because the little brother and the little sister know, but she's controlling both of them. So, uh, oh, so anyway, he gets um, hurt really bad and they end up in the hospital. And Vera Farmiga tells the grandma, stay here with the kids, don't let them leave. Because her and Peter Sarsgaard have this fight off to the side. And Esther's like, can I go get it? Can I have a dollar for the soda machine? And the grandma just lets her leave. Like, this child has been in, like, connected to so many terrible incidents and has been right there for all of them. How did this treehouse catch on fire? And she was already, there was a girl she pushed down the slide earlier in the movie and broke, broke her, her leg. fucking leg. And it was a disgusting scene. And so she's been connected to all these things. Yeah, Grandma, just let this little kid go off on her own. How does no one see this? It's fucking insane. Yeah, because the scene with the little girl, I don't remember what her name is. First of all, if Esther really is a 32-year-old woman, why is she so concerned with this little girl The opinion of a, like, a 12-year-old. Who is bullying her, but also, like, you're an adult, get over it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but anyway, she That like, is so true. I mean, that girl was a little bitch. Mm-hmm. But... Oh, I knew those girls in grade school. Yeah. Um, but that scene is shot really weird because, like, Esther is following this little girl around in this very public pr- playground and then pushes her off. Which, like, whatever, you can get away with that. She can push her when no one's looking. But the little girl's walking around. There's, like, this eerie music playing... And she looks like she's very scared, like she almost knows Esther is, like, stalking behind her, but she doesn't stop anyone, she doesn't go to play with any of her friends, she doesn't go to her mom, she goes to the darkest part of the playground in the jungle gym, and then gets pushed off. I just don't understand her motivation in that scene. Right. she looks so scared, and I'm like, I don't know. Kids are dumb. Kids are dumb. You're right. You're right. But no, I totally, I totally get what you're saying, though. Yeah. So one of the themes in this movie that is, um, it's kind of trying to, I don't know if, it, I think it's kind of trying to shed light on, because that's what, you know, that's what art does, is it takes these things that are hard to talk about and puts them in, you know, a form of art. Cons- a consumable way. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, so, you know, a lot of, the movie starts with a dream of um, Vera Farmiga having her miscarriage. Oh, that was devastating. Very awful scene. Um, Later in the movie, she shows Esther this um, little memorial thing that they have for her. They spread her ashes and they planted a bunch of roses for baby Jessica. Yeah, that's fucked up, Jess. Um, (laughs) So, at one point in the movie, she shows Esther that and then Esther goes and chops all the roses off. And like, like, you know, uh, devastating. Portrays it as like a, hey, mommy, I picked you these flowers. But she knew, of course. Sorry, I just touched <laughs> Jess. <laughs> she didn't touch it. She smacked it. I accidentally smacked Jess's boob. But it's okay. The boob's okay. She's fine. Yeah. Uh, I'm good. All's good. Yeah. All's well. And so there, <laughs> there's this scene where she, like, you know, she shows, says, hey, mommy, I picked these flowers. And Vera Farmiga, like, grabs her. And then Esther goes back and breaks her arm in a vice. It is... I, like, can't watch that scene without screaming at my TV. It is so hard to watch. Because she just, like, she cranks this thing and then it just snaps. But oh also... God, what a psycho. Again, you would think that... So she goes to the hospital and gets her arm in a cast. <sighs> I don't know. I just... 
everyone in here is just so ready to believe that this child is like perfectly fine. And I guess that, you know what, that is kind of true. Because a lot of people, if they do see a little girl like that, they're not going to assume something is wrong with her. She's a master manipulator. Because obviously if you looked at the patterns, the way that bone is broken, nobody, you know, no human hand could have done that. Yeah. But they're not going to look into that. They're going to say, it's broken, she got pulled by her mom. Oh, that's the end of story. Yeah. Oh, that's so fucked up. But it makes you so angry watching it because you know the truth. Oh my god. This is one of those movies that I, like, get so fucking pissed. Like, I, it, it always kind of reminds me, and this is such a weird little connection I make to Child's Play, where the entire time everybody, I know there's so many movies like this, but I always think back to Child's Play, where everybody's telling her, you're crazy, the doll's not alive, your son's crazy, like, you need to own up to the fact that your son is a fucking psycho. And I feel like there's so much of that here, that same energy that I always get so angry about. Yep. A poor, and, you know, as a feminist, I'm, I'm, all for equality, but it's just there's so much gaslighting to women in horror films. Absolutely. And that is a huge thing that we see here over and over again. Oh, yeah, that's one of, like, the biggest, I mean, I think, themes in a movie and also just, like, a way a movie's written is that something happens to a woman, but no one around her believes her story, and she has to, you know, do it all on her own. That happens a lot in movies. I mean, Annabelle, like you said, Child's Play... I mean, in everything. <laughs> We're drinking Black Claw. Black Claw. Um, so, at some point, um, Vera Farmiga finds out that the Sarn Institute, which is where she was told that Esther came from, is not a hospital. It was a mental institute. And we ah! get the reveal at the end. So oh she's this, gosh. you know, very... Uh, pristine little girl. She wears pretty dresses. She's got these ribbons on her wrist and her neck. That she'll fucking screech like a little fucking piranha. Banshee. If you try to take them off. But a piranha? <laughs> I don't know what's... I don't think piranha scream. You know? I don't know. Let's all take a moment and just like R.I.P. Jess's intelligence. My and one last brain cell went away. It swam away with the piranhas. It got eaten by the piranha. <laughs> That's what happened. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so uh, there. So the scene where she gets all dressed up and tries to seduce the dad is so uncomfortable. Oh my god! It's so gross. And she's the first like, time she cuddles him, uh-huh. I want to sleep with daddy. Mm-hmm. Fucked up, dude. I know. I was so uncomfy. And that's one of the things. Yeah, this character does suck, but he is very much like Esther. What the fuck do you think you're doing? Like, no, you're my daughter. Because he obviously doesn't know she's 32. But the scene after he rejects her and she takes her ribbons off and you see the scars and she takes her fake teeth out. She's got these fucked up teeth. And, oh, it's just such a good fucking scene. I love it. What kind of life has she been living that her teeth look like that at 33? Well, she grew up in Estonia in a mental hospital, so. Oh, yeah, that's fair. (laughs) <laughs> probably that's, that. Yeah. Probably <laughs> that's where she got the scars, too, because they, uh, Vera Farmiga gets a call from the Sarn Institute, and they're like, yeah, that girl escaped from us, blah, 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 and she has scars on her neck and wrist from the straitjacket from her trying to get out of it. Mm, and that's yep, why yep. she wears those ribbons, because she's got those scars. Um, and I just think a lot of little things in this movie come together so well at the end of it. And 
it's just such a creepy freaking thing. And I, I kind of love sometimes when horror movies drop subtle hints, but I also love when they're like, you can tell when the importance is on something. They're like, she'll, f- the only problems we've had with her are if you touch her ribbons and I'm just like, what's under the goddamn ribbon? Yep. Tell me. Tell me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they give you, yeah, this is the kind of movie that gives you enough clues to kind of figure it out, but not enough for it to be super obvious without, you know, if you go in not knowing anything about this movie. Yeah. I mean, I was watched it the, when I watched it the first time I was blown away. Absolutely. I just thought the whole time this was just a fucking sinister devil child. Crazy little girl. Because even at one point when they find out that it's a mental institution, Vera Farmiga goes, well, what if she was born there? And I'm thinking, yeah, what if her mother was just crazy and she inherited her crazy and she's just a crazy kid? Ooh, hopefully we find out in the prequel. But, well, we know, obviously, that she wasn't born there. She just was a 33-year-old. Oh, wait, in the mental hospital. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I am very excited for this prequel. Uh, It, oh, I just feel like it could be so good. I did see um, some production photos where all the cast had to wear platform boots to make Isabel Furman look shorter. (laughs) So. (sighs) Well, I mean, I think the only thing left to talk about is pretty much the ending, right? And the ending is batshit crazy. Peter Sarsgaard uh, gets stabbed to death by Esther. And because I mean, she, he rejected her. She goes ham on him. She stabs him so many fucking times. And then uh, Vera Farmiga finally gets home to, like, save Max. Because luckily, uh, Danny is in the hospital. And in the original cut of this movie, Danny did die. Really? But, but yeah, at the end of the... At, of the you know, oh, we can't kill yeah, the kid. they actually um, decided to, hi Hannibal, <laughs> um, they decided to let Danny live, which I think is a lot better. Um, I like that Danny lives. Hannibal, sorry, my dog just got home from a walk with my boyfriend and now he's breathing very heavily into the microphone. <laughs> he's drooly. <laughs> he's cute. Yes, he is. <laughs> Um, so there's, like, a big fight scene that's really crazy, uh, like, at one point Vera Farmiga is on top of, like, the glass roof of the greenhouse and falls through. Oh, my God. And I just keep thinking, why won't you die? Because she almost <laughs> kills this little girl so many times, and then it, she doesn't die, and then finally they live, end up falling in the pond, and they have this fight, and then Esther grabs her hand, and she's like, Mommy! And then Vera Farmiga fucking kicks her in the face and says, I'm not your fucking mommy. And her neck snaps. I mean, you get to see her fucking like, spine bone. Like, oh, oh, God, it's gross. It's gross, but that scene is iconic. Yes, yes. And it is just the perfect ending. And that's... Honestly, the dad kind of had it coming. Yeah, no, I'm not really... <laughs> I don't feel that bad about that one. Uh, He sucked. And now I feel like Vera Farmiga can take her two kids and just live happily ever after. With a lot of trauma. With a lot of fucking trauma. Like a lot just, of baggage. Yeah. Yeah. You need a baggage card for sure. Yeah, I don't think she likes orphans anymore. Sorry, Jess. God damn it. God damn it. This is what happens every time. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Thanks so, for joining us. Yeah, we really wanted to just do a short episode on this. Jess is crying now. Um, she'll get over it. <sighs> and scene. And scene. My parents are really dead, though. 
<laughs> so <laughs> we just wanted to get in a short episode for you guys so that we can cover first kill in a few weeks. And thank you for listening. This of is course. a little bonus present for you guys. You're welcome for your bonus present. Um, we will do some small bonus episodes every once in a while. Um, but we have a tentative schedule coming up. We want to cover some new movies, cover some old movies, cover some foreign movies. Uh, cover some of our favorite movies. Yeah, that too. So, uh, again, always, as always, send in your suggestions, comments, questions, and concerns to Deeper's Creepers Pod at Gmail. Please follow us on Twitter at Deeper's Creepers. We need more followers. Follow us, share please, us, please. tell your friends. Rate us. Please rate us on wherever you listen to us on. Give us a five-star rating. Please, 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 please. You, please. you know you love us. Um, I do. <laughs> see, the guy in the bedroom loves us. <laughs> anyway, um, we are going to be covering Nope next week. We saw it today. We both love it. Oh, we my gosh. cannot Can't wait, wait to talk about it and tell you guys about how amazing Jordan Peele is. So we will be recording that um, actually the day that this drops. So if you're listening to this the day it drops, uh, Jess and I are recording for Nope, and then uh, the actual episode will be out Friday the 26th, so keep an eye out for that. And I just want to give a couple special thanks to everyone that has already started listening to the podcast and just coming up to me and telling me what they think and, you know, reaching out to us. It means so much. This is just something that we wanted to do for fun, but the fact that you guys listen and enjoy it and you know the fact that we have regular listeners means literally so much to me and you guys know who you are please keep coming up to me and letting me know you're listening and what you think and your opinions that means like everything to me it is seriously so amazing the amount of support that we've gotten from close friends and even just people outside of our group that just love horror yeah that just are really enjoying it and you know, that means a lot because Jess and I are enjoying this so much. And even if no one listened to it, we would still have fun. But all of our supporters yeah. and fans and listeners just mean the absolute world to us. So yeah. please keep listening. Please keep telling us how much you love us. And please tell all your friends about us. Yes. Thank you, guys. We're looking forward to covering Note for you. And that'll be out next Friday. But this will be dropping Monday. All right. Well, Woo-hoo. we love you guys. Stay spooky. Love you. Did you get those eyes?